This past fall, <clears throat> this past fall, the entertainment industry was rocked when women started to accuse executives and actors of sexual misconduct. Here's the poster boy for the Me Too movement. Me Too movement. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, a film producer, very well known, and again went off and laid out. Over 80 women had accused him of sexual misconduct. Dustin Hoffman, and the list goes on and on, right? We've been hearing about it, and I praise God for it. I am so thankful that our culture has said to men, you cannot take advantage of women sexually. It's wrong, and you're going to pay the price Matt Lauer lost his job on the day. And, of course, it's spread throughout the world. It's really one of the best things that's happened that we can rejoice over because women need to be protected. But there's one more name that should be on that list, and, and that is King David. He used his power and influence to have an affair with a woman, Bathsheba. And so he also was called out because of what he did. We're going to take a look at the story today. Second Samuel 11.1 1. In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel. And they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Now, when we look to the spring season, we're looking for baseball, right? Chicago Cubs have another winning year. That's spring, but in that day, it was battle season. That's when the rains had come and it was dry, and so they went out to battle each other. And David, of course, was an incredible, mighty warrior. He had conquered all the nations around him. Uh, he was famous in every way. What do we see? But David remained at Jerusalem. Now, why did he remain at Jerusalem? I mean, this was his time. Every year he went out with the troops. But this time, he just kind of said, I'm not going. I need to relax. Too much stress. <laughs> well, we can speculate maybe what was going on in David's life. He was around 50. Maybe he was like Alexander the Great who wept at the age of 32 because there were no more worlds to conquer. Like David was there. Most powerful man, most wealthy man in the world. In this huge country. He had everything. He didn't have one wife. He had a lot of wives and a lot of concubines. I mean, his sexual appetite was met. There's no problem. About that. But David was bored. He's bored with his job, bored with life in general. And men, that's when we get in trouble. When we get bored. And we're not pursuing God. We're just kind of hanging out, and well, that's when we run into trouble. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch. And was walking on the roof of the king's house. 
that he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. Now, David lived in this palatial house, the best house in the world at that time, I'm sure. And they had different roofs that, you know, in the cool of the afternoon, they might come out in the cool of the evening just to enjoy. And David got up from his couch, didn't have much to do. And so he strolled on top of one of the roofs that he had, and he came across this woman. And she was bathing, and the woman was very very beautiful. In the Hebrew, it's saying, wow, okay, this woman's a babe. This woman's really hot. I mean, she's incredible. And she's naked, even better, right? I mean, any red-blooded Israeli would take a second look, don't you think? I think so. Yeah, it was just right there. And David sent and inquired about the woman, And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So he took that next step. He didn't stop there. He took the next step and found out more about her. So I assume this is one of the people that's serving him. And I kind of read between the lines here and say, David, (laughs) this is the daughter of Eliam. And scholars believe he was one of the personal bodyguards of David. So this is your your friend's daughter, the wife of Uriah the Hittite, the woman's married as well. What are you thinking? David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. Now, she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Then she returned to her house. Six, twelve hours, who knows? The deed was done, and that decision transformed David's life in so many ways. Now, some guys would think, wow, David really was lucky. I mean, what are the odds in that day of walking on your roof and seeing a woman bathing? I mean, that's great luck, some guys would say. But you know what, men? We don't have to climb on our roofs. We don't have to stop at seedy bookstores. We don't have to go to 7-Eleven and get the magazine behind the magazines, right? All we have to do is pull out our smartphones that are always handy, always with us, grab some private time, and indulge in pornography. Friends, this is... The worst it's ever been in the history of the world because of technology. You just, we're all tempted, right? It's just right on your phone for Pete's sake, and you can bring it up, and nobody knows. I mean, how good can it be, a lot of guys think? I really believe this is one of the most serious issues that confronts the United States and, of course, the world. But again, we talk about the, the family. The structure of the family that Jesus set up, God put into order, and it's just tearing away at the whole idea of sexuality and who God made us to be and why he gave that special gift of sexuality to us. Matthew 5.27, Jesus says, You've heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. I mean, that's one of the Ten Commandments, right? Number seven, 
But yeah, lust is a problem that goes all the way back to the beginning. The oldest sin, some might say. Matthew 5.28, But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So men, you don't want to sleep with your neighbor's wife or anybody else. Obviously, that's not a good decision. And you also don't want to think lustfully about her, to fantasize what it might be to be with her. That is wrong, Jesus Christ said. So he really raises the standard up from what it used to be. And wow, that that really is something that kind of hits us all, right? I mean, men, majority of men struggle uh, with sexual lust for women. And now we have it so available to us. And of course, it's going to be a major problem. 50% of Christian men said in a study that they struggle with pornography. 50%. 16% of women, surprisingly, said they struggle with pornography. I mean, it's all falling into perversion, right? But friends, this is an issue that the church needs to address. We don't want to talk about it because it will sometimes make people uncomfortable or you just don't go there. Well, we have to go where the sin is, right? And it's such a common sin. And unfortunately, such an uncommon or common addiction. There's something about pornography that is just highly addictive. So, you look at porn, have an experience, and, oh, that's great. In fact, really, it's sometimes higher than the usual experience you would have in a sexual relationship. But you have that experience over time, and you become desensitized to it, and what happens? You don't get the same reward in your brain reward center. So you have to step it up a bit, so something more novel, a different way of approaching one might say, and you know what happens? You go to soft, core, and deeper and deeper into hardcore because you need to up the ante. And it's destroying you on the inside. And look what it does to your relationships. A lot of guys struggle with pornography, and when they get married, they say, well, this will solve everything. No, it won't solve everything. I mean, when you think about Porn, it's just a huge fantasy, right? I mean, you get to choose everything. You get to choose the woman, you get to choose the scene, the activity, and it goes on and on, right? And you can customize it so it's exactly what you want. We all know those who are married, (laughs) it's not always a fantasy. (laughs) I mean, it's great as you cultivate that love relationship, but... If men and boys as they grow up are used to that type of experience, a healthy sexual relationship in marriage is going to be hard to find. Another reason why it's so important that we talk about this and we talk about how we can address it. James 1, 14 through 15. But each person is tempted 
when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. And desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Some cheerful verses, huh? It really is the most concise description of how sin takes over our lives. So, you see, it's talking about the development of a person that lured and enticed. Those were fishing terms in the Greek. So, the same idea of luring a fish with bait in order that you might kill it is what is talked about here. So, it starts out with a desire. And when desire has conceived, okay, I got the conception of a child, it gives birth. Birth to sin, so conception to delivery. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So as you mature, one might say, in your sin, it's going to bring forth death. Pain that's going to come in your life. And we think about David's life. As we know, uh, she became pregnant. And so he had to kind of cover it up, and so he asked her husband Uriah to come back from the front so that he could have some time with his wife, but he was so frustrated because Uriah was such a godly man. He said, no, I'm not going to enjoy something that my men can enjoy. And so what did David do then? I'm just going to kill the guy. So he sent orders to Joab, make sure to put Uriah the Hittite in a place where he will lose his life. And therefore, they make Bathsheba his wife, and it's all legal, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I, adultery to murder? See how sin continues to grow? And, and then, of course, uh, he, he wouldn't confess it until later when Nathan the prophet approached him and God convicted him and realized what he had done. And as we know, David had a really rough life after that. With his family, his kids, his son Absalom rebelled against him. And he had to run from Jerusalem to stay alive. And, of course, they lost a child that died that he had with Bathsheba. And friends, there are consequences to sin. And they are very real. And you know what? <laughs> I always have to remind people, the reason that God lays out how to live life is because He does not want us to experience pain. I mean, look what the Bible says about life and how to live it out. Yeah, it's keeping us from pain. But we think, oh no, God, you're trying to keep some good stuff from me, so I'm going to go ahead and dive into this. And pornography has caused so much pain, and will continue to, you know, devastatingly in the uh, time to come until Jesus returns. So, when you look at this verse, you have to focus on it and say, okay, where am I in this process? Do I have a sin growing within me, conceived, given birth to it? Because there's nothing more than Satan wants is to crush you, to take you out of the game, one might say in order that you might be pursuing your own lusts 
instead of pursuing God. Now, this is a challenging area. There's a lot of shame. It's not something you share with people. Hey, I got some great pornography. <laughs> Here's a great website. <laughs> Typically not, <laughs> if you're a Christ follower. And uh, but a lot of guys struggle with it. As I said, that's yeah, pretty natural. That's going to happen. I mean, guys are wired to be attracted to women. That's how God set it up. It's like a, a ten-year-old kid who was being dragged by Victoria's Secret. And they said, I don't know what Victoria's Secret is. Could somebody please tell me now, what is her secret? God, that's funny. You can relax now, okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, wherever you're at today, there's a larger crowd. I'm sure there's many. Guys that are struggling with porn, maybe deep into porn. I can remember early in our history at Springbrook, we had a, a couple, and they really had a lot of problems. And when the truth all came out, we found out that uh, the husband was deep into pornography, just obsessed with it. So when we talk about this, we want to say, yes, people struggle. And you might be in that struggle. You might be deep in that struggle. And you're thinking, there's no hope for me. I don't want to tell anybody. It's just too shameful. And I'm lost. <laughs> you know, I'm wasted here. I'm not going to be able to fulfill what God wants me to do. And the good news that I bring to you from God's Word is you can find victory. You can find victory over this type of addiction. It's really interesting in regards to pornography, how you get hooked on it. And then there's a process where you have to, to get off of it. And I'm just so thankful, thankful for so many resources out there. You've got great websites like Triple uh, X Church. Triple X Church. Take a look at that. Now, it uh, has a lot of videos on it uh, that kind of help you through that process of, you know, again, getting rid of that addiction, freeing yourself through the power of Christ. Another great one is newlife.com. I had a man come up to me after the last service, and he said, you know what, that time of fasting that we had in January allowed me to give up my favorite sin, which was pornography. And he said, I have freedom now, and I just rejoice with the guy, because that's the message I want to send to guys today. Don't let pornography take you down. And if you've been swallowed by it, you can get out. You might think there's no way, but there is a way. Because, friends, the gospel is all about hope. The gospel is all about forgiveness. If you're a Christ follower, if you claim Jesus Christ as your Savior and trusted Him for your salvation, all the sins you have committed and are committing are covered by the cross. He's already forgiven you. Now, that's not a reason to keep doing it, but it's to say, hey, I can overcome 
this with God's power. I can have victory. And when you talk about this subject, it opens so many wounds. I know probably many of you were sexually abused as a child. Um, just strange sexual experiences. And you were injured. Many times, that's why people fall into pornography. Because it's so painful. We're, we're just in so much pain from our experiences that we have to, again, have something to turn to that will give to us some type of pleasure, even though it be a shortened type of pleasure. And Satan's working the whole thing. He just loves it when you get deeper and deeper. And you need to stand up to Satan and say, Satan, Jesus Christ is so much powerful than you. And I can deal with this, but I can't deal with it alone. I need other people to help me. Right? One of the keys, I'd say the key for dealing with pornography other than trusting in God, is finding someone to be accountable to. Someone to be accountable to. Another Christ follower that you can go to and, and share uh, what's happening. And again, there's not going to be a lot of surprise there. I mean, if one of you men came to me and said, I'm struggling, I'd say, oh, okay, well, let's, let's get to work. Now, Pastor Matt has done a lot of great work in this area in terms of helping people in that area. So somebody can talk to him uh, for some encouragement. But that's what we're here for. That's why we're at church, because Satan wants to take us down. But that doesn't have to happen. We can free ourselves if we depend upon the power of of God. So there is forgiveness. And God wants to renew your life. And I know you're thinking, it's never going to happen. Well, it can happen. Just like with that individual I talked with. His favorite sin. Yeah. But he overcame it. And he said there was another site, um, New Life. NewLife.com. Steve Auburn's uh, site. They have all kinds of videos, all kinds of resources. Go to it, newlife.com, and see what's happening in other people's lives and how you can experience the victory that God wants you to have. Psalm 119.9 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? Well, that's a question today, isn't it? By guarding it according to your word. The way that we deal with sin, as we talked about with David and Goliath, where, where when sins come our way, we have Scripture memorized or we've meditated upon it, and we say, this is what God says. I'm not going to buy in to the lie. So we have to turn our, our hearts and our minds toward Christ, uh, Scripture and memorize it and then to follow the principles that Scripture gives us about this issue. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. One of the important things you need to do as you climb your, through your spiritual pathway is to develop self-control. And self-control comes from the Holy Spirit, right? Because we all struggle with self-control, whatever it might be. But again, a man without self-control, he's just a sitting duck. 
If you were a city in that day, you didn't have any walls, anybody could come and take you over. You had to protect yourselves, and we need to protect ourselves. 2 Corinthians 6.18, it says, Flee from sexual immortality. Immorality. <laughs> how do you do that? This is how you do it. Oh! Now that's how you flee. Right? You get out of the building. You run as fast as you can. You have to excuse me. But you have to take drastic action. You just can't add it to your prayer list. Oh, Lord, help me with porn. That's not going to work. Yeah, he wants to help you. But you've got to take the initiative. If you go to a gym where your eyes tend to wander too much, you come home and tell your wife, we need to have a gym in the basement. And we're going to get it. <laughs> and she might just go for it. <laughs> right? Flee from it. You hang around friends. Friends who are influenced by this world. And they don't have any reason to do the right thing. And they drag you in to this sexualized culture. Break off the friendships. Walk away from those people because they're leading you to sexual immorality. You need to take action. And that's why if you're in the midst of this type of experience, it's so important that you tell somebody. You've got to tell somebody. I don't know if people can get out of this mess without telling somebody because that's how God works and you're accountable to a person. There's all kinds of great software out there. X3 Watch, Covenant Eyes. and What they'll do is they'll monitor your different screens and they'll send the browsing history to somebody that you're accountable to. So you know that somebody is looking at what you're doing. And we'll call you on things. That's been very effective. But you have to have the right type of accountability relationship to work. You know my greatest concern about this? Is our children. I raised three boys with my wonderful wife, Lori. And we went through the teen age time. And this was ten years ago. One of the greatest challenges I had was protecting my boys from pornography. And it was hard work because they're smart. My boys were just as typical as anybody else. All right. And you can imagine, you know, at 16, your hormones are raging. I mean, duh! Right? How strong is that temptation? So we need to protect them. We need to come up with software. And you can 
look for this on the Internet. They have all different types of systems, uh, something you can put on your router. Uh, you've really got to lock it all down, and it takes energy. I can remember, okay, I got that all set up, and then all of a sudden, somebody broke <laughs> They got all the time in the world, right? You've got to protect them because, of course, they're going to buy into it when everybody else is doing it. That wasn't the way when I grew up, and many of you, it wasn't just say, oh, this is normal. It's normal to have a movie in the theaters called Fifty Shades Free. Oh, I love that. Pornography free. They do not go together. People are going to this pornographic movie. It's just kind of like, whatever. Then you get on these cable channels and they have these different dramas. Very well done. But it's like pornography. Hey, hey of course, you need to show some flesh here. Right? I mean, when I was younger, you had to get onto Skinamax in order to see some action. Right? But now it's right there. So I would encourage you to talk to Pastor Matt, uh, talk to whoever might be able to help you, especially about your kids. And, and here's the reality. Very few of you are going as far as you need to go. Okay? I mean, you think about people who don't know the Lord, and, and they're just kind of clueless. And I mean, they do what they can, maybe. They're concerned. But you have got to be vigilant about this. You have got to put effort into it because, again, you want your kids to be protected from this scourge. It's great to talk to other parents about this. And, uh, boy, I tell you, it's just going to get worse as time goes on because it's more and more accepted in our society. And who knows what will be on TV ten years from now. You don't have to get on the Internet anymore. You know what I'm saying? This is Satan at work. We're heading toward the end times here, guys. Things are getting worse and worse and worse. People are more perverse than they've ever been. And we as Christ followers need to tell those people about Jesus so they don't experience the pain that they experience because they fall into the same trap. This passage from Romans 7.19 Remember what Paul said? For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Can anybody relate to that? Everybody should be able to write. No matter what the sin is, yeah, I shouldn't do that, and I'm going to pray, and, and then you end up doing it again. Right? Well, the most critical thing is you've got to trust in God and put more energy into that particular sin pattern. You just can't pray once a day. I hope it goes away. That might help a little bit. But you've really got to work at dealing with deep sin patterns in your life that go all the way back to when you were growing up. Because we need to be pure. And God's going to help us with that. That according to the riches of His glory... He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. That's the kind of power that can help you overcome pornography or 
whatever type of sin. But, but it takes energy. Celebrate recovery. I think up on Crystal Lake has a Friday night meeting. I think they have a group that deals with this issue. There's Willow Creek. And check them out. But get in a group. Or, or in your own small, men's small group. We should be talking about this. And get encouragement from each other because nobody else is encouraging us. I'll tell you that. Now here's a great promise to hold on to. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That's so comforting, right? Sometimes we think, hey, I'm a lost cause. You are not a lost cause. You're Jesus. Brother, you're, you're a child of God if you've made that decision. So I encourage you, men, take some time this week. I mean, take two, three hours, whatever, and say, I'm going to get serious about this, and I'm going to talk to whoever I have to. Because you know what? I've asked guys, when do you stop lusting? When you're dead. Okay? When you're dead. It's a lifelong battle. And I want you to know there's hope in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for myself and the men that are here. It's so hard, Lord. So available. And I pray for my friends especially who are addicted. And I pray that they would have hope today. No matter how dark it is, I think I can't never be free and I pray that they would turn to Jesus Christ. I pray that they would turn to Christian friends. And I, This is an ongoing conversation that I'll be teaching about until I die if you don't come back first. It's just going to get worse and worse, and we have to train one another, encourage one another, keep each other accountable in order to keep our minds pure. Thank you for the beautiful gift of sex that you've given us, Lord, and all oh, help us, help us, help us to keep it where it needs to be. In Christ's name, amen.